got the one, the only, my co-host and partner in uh, bringing the devil some, some harm, the Christian Hillbilly. He's going to greet you and start us off with some prayer, and I'll let you guys know how tonight's show is going to work. So go ahead, Christian Hillbilly, pray for us. Absolutely, and I appreciate that honor. And Miss Angie, here is the traditional Christian hillbilly greeting. Oh, what a day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Yee-haw! Well, you know, uh, that is scriptural, but uh, I had to add the yee-haw. I just think it needs it in there. That's the old country boy in me. Well, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father God, we thank you so much uh, that we can come together uh, using this uh, awesome technology to be in different places of the country and still come together and preach your holy word. Father, to be able to give our testimonies and, and Father, to have Miss Angie with us here tonight to, to give her testimony. And Father, uh, just what little I've heard about it, it, it it's just going to be an awesome night. I just know that, that you are going to move in people's hearts. Father, just... I thank you so much that you would allow me to be a small portion of what you're doing in people's lives. Father God, just let the, let us get out of the way and use us to preach your holy word. Father God, we thank you in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Uh, what we're going to do tonight on the show is very simple. We are going to have a Bible study. Then we're going to uh, take some questions and have a discussion. And then we're going to end with prayer. So if you came here today and you need prayer, we're, we're going to pray for you. So this is how I'd like for us to start off. Is uh, Angie is with us, and today's show is on homosexuality. And the question is, is homosexuality a sin? And the other question is, can homosexuals change? So the way I think it would be best to uh, tackle this subject tonight would be answering the first question, how does God look at homosexuality? You know, putting it bluntly, is homosexuality a sin? So that's going to be the first angle we're going to tackle. And then the second angle that we're going to tackle is dealing with the world and how the world looks at homosexuality. What can the church do? to reach out to this culture that uh, the Bible calls a sin, but yet we love them. So what can we do to bridge the gap? So we're going to start off with uh, Angie. You have about the next uh, three to five minutes. We want to kind of just keep these things in short little sections, but you know, feel free to take your time. Just tell us your testimony, where you came from, uh, how you got saved, and why today you um, believe that God can redeem homosexuals. So, so go ahead. You got the floor. Okay, three to five minutes. <laughs> yes. Um, I was I was born again when I was 15 years old. Um, my cousin committed suicide, and I began to deal with the Lord. And I said, Lord, there's got to be more to this life than just living and dying. And then um, the next day, Jesus showed up. And so I accepted him into my heart, became a born-again Christian. Um, but, you know... I, w- I was born again, but I didn't know how that I could live wholeheartedly for God. You know, I knew that God loved me. I knew that he pursued me. I knew that he wanted a relationship with me. But I had so many other things in my life that were holding me back, and I didn't know how to expose those things. And, and mostly my sins came through the form of sexuality. And I had a boyfriend all through high school, you know, all five years, um, two of those years being college years, and um, some things happened between us, and I became very bitter. I made some pretty huge vows in my life. Now, when we make vows, 
you know, God will take a vow that we make to him and he'll throw it up in covenant relationship. But if we make a, another vow that is against God saying, you know, I, I don't want to be with a man, Satan will take those words and those vows and put those into covenant relationship with him and really open some doors in our lives. So um, I never thought I would fall into homosexuality, but I did. Um, and I did after I was born again. And when I was in seminary, I was very backslidden, um, and I just had a lot of different issues going on in my life that kind of led me down that road. And so in, in seminary, after I graduated from college, um, I started a relationship with a, a friend, and the relationship was we were emotionally enmeshed and very codependent upon one another, even before the physicalness of homosexuality crept in. And... I, I was very surprised when the physical aspect started to show up. Um, we had been codependent for two years before the physicalness showed up, and then um, it just became full-blown full after that. And I really began to struggle with God because, you know, I'm in seminary. I'm reading the Word. I'm seeing that Jesus says, you know, the truth shall set you free. And, and I would go to God and I'd say, God, you know, your word says the truth should set you free. I'm reading Romans 1, you know, about homosexuality, how it is a sin, how God sees it, how you're not supposed to lay with another woman. And I began to wrestle with God in my heart and really crying out for freedom. And I came to a point in my walk where I was like, God, I love you. I'm going to go after you. And I know I'm called to be a pastor, but, you know, I can't be free from masturbation, pornography, and homosexuality. They have such a, a tight grip on my life. And I remember one night down in downtown Minneapolis, Jesus came to me and he said, Ange, you're either going to choose Jesus or you're going to choose your sin. And I believe that was all or nothing at that point. It was either him or, or you know, my sin. And I said, Jesus, I want you, but I want to be free. Because I thought Amen. I had to be a Christian and embrace homosexuality, and and I, and I just I couldn't live with myself because the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit will go after you and convict you and haunt you with Scripture, and I and I, I just could not live that life anymore, that double life, and so I really began to cry out for God, you know, me free. I want to be free from this, and a lot of homosexuals will tell you that they're born that way. Um, that they can never change, and that is purely a lie from the pit of hell. You know, and Christ Christ can set a person free. Amen. He changed all my desires. He took away all my lust in my heart. You know, I'll be honest with you, Pastor Joe, it wasn't a, a one-time deal where all the lust was gone or all the homosexuality was gone, but it was, it was a, a day-in, day-out pursuit of God and His holiness and His righteousness and His love that transformed my life. And it took about three months to get the majority of the root out. And it's, you know, it's taken up to seven years to, to clean up the little stuff in my life and really see great freedom in my life from homosexuality. So it's true that people, Amen. I know many people that have been set free from homosexuality. Praise God. Okay, that's an awesome testimony. Now walk us through that. And Christian Hillbilly, help me out here a little bit. Okay. What we want to do is start off by answering this first question. Is homosexuality, according to the Bible, a sin? Because what's happening right now in our culture 
is where Angie started off on the premise that she was in sin. There's a lot of churches today that are not even going that far. They're, they're, they would counsel Angie and say, hey, you're okay. Maybe don't be promiscuous. Maybe don't look to sex to answer your problems. But homosexuality itself is not a sin. And so let's first close that book right there. Let's close the 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 agenda of the homosexual movement in the church. And then let's deal with how we can help uh, Angie's and, and the people out there that have these issues. But let's first, in fact, de- determine that whether it's a problem or not. According to the Bible, is it considered a sin? Christian Hillbilly, tell us what you think and put some word on it. And Angie, I'm going to come back to you as well. And I want you to put some word on it through your experience experience, you can do that, but give us some words so that as this is getting recorded, it gets put on the internet, as people are coming in and listening to us, they can understand that, first of all, if we are a Christian, we view homosexuality as a sin, no different as a sin than lust or anger or rebellion or lying, but in fact, it is a sin, and let me just say this real quick before I give it to Christian Hillbilly, sometimes when people talk about sin, they have the definition of the world. And the world's definition of sin is this. If it hurts somebody, <coughs> excuse me, if it hurts somebody, and if it doesn't feel good. So if it feels good and doesn't hurt anybody, then it's okay. But the Bible does not define sin that way. Because uh, not all sins are going to hurt somebody and feel bad. For example... Jesus says lusting after another woman in your heart in Matthew 5 is a sin. Well, lusting after that woman in your heart is going to feel good, and it's not going to hurt anybody. So the world would not call that a sin, but the Bible calls that a sin. So let's be very clear here. We're not saying that it's hurting people or that it necessarily doesn't feel good to them. We are just going on the Bible. Christian Hillbilly is homosexuality a sin. I'd have to say there, uh, Brother Joe, that without a doubt, the Bible is replete with so many different verses that talk about uh, not only homosexuality, but uh, any type of sexual immorality, any type of sexual sin. It's definitely just that. It is the sin. And we could go back and we could look at Romans and we could look at Leviticus and we could look at Exodus and we could look at Read us Romans, brother. If you're going to start off with Romans, read us some because I want it to be on this tape. I want people to hear. So just read us Romans, brother. Get us to Romans 1, if that's what you're referring to, and and read that to us quickly here because I want people to hear it not only out of our opinion, but I want them to hear it in the Bible. Go ahead, my brother. Absolutely. Let me look that up real quick because unfortunately I do not have it committed to memory. But uh, in Romans... In the, uh, Romans chapter 1, I believe it is, when we look at that, uh, uh, let's see, what exact verse is that? 126 through 28. Oh, I love working with professionals. You are awesome. There we go. <laughs> We're going to get you there, Christian Billy. We're going to get you there. Uh, I want the word on this. For this reason, God gave them over to uh, degrading passions. For their, woman, for their women, exchanged the natural function for that which is unnatural. And in the same way, also the men abandoned the natural function of the woman and burned in their desire toward one another with men committing indecent acts and receiving in them, uh, in their own persons, the due penalty for their error, for their sin. And just as they did not see fit to acknowledge God any longer, God gave them over to a depraved man to do those things which are not proper. 
And we've got these and many other different scriptures, but I think the main one that I love to go to when we're talking about this particular issue, because people say that Jesus never mentioned homosexuality. That's one of the big crutches that people like to use uh, is that Jesus never mentioned homosexuality. I would beg to differ in that when he was discussing the issue of divorce, when he was uh, talking to his followers about the issue of divorce, what did he do? The first thing he did is he went back and he validated the Old Testament scriptures. When he quoted the Old Testament by saying, haven't you heard it read that in the beginning God created them male and female? That's an example of the family. And for this reason, a man will leave his mother and father, an example of the family, and cleave to his wife, an example of the family. God, in the very beginning, created Adam and Eve. He did so for this particular purpose because we are designed uh, to be different. Men are different than women. I mean, not just physically, but emotionally, psychologically, mentally. Uh, There's so many differences, but those differences complement one another. God designed Amen. it that way, right from the very beginning. Amen. And brother, try to work on your sound a little bit because it is lagging out. Um, let me just say this with everyone listening. Jesus did not have to say, it's wrong to molest children. It's wrong to beat your head against a brick. It's wrong to have sex with animals. All Jesus had to do was tell us how and when to have sex, period. And how Jesus taught us to have sex was man with woman in marriage. And so that means if I have sex with myself, God considers that a sin. If I have sex with an animal, that's considered a sin. If I have sex with a child, and I can't even believe I'm saying it because it's so nasty to me, that is a sin. And if I were to find Christian hillbilly and sexy, and we go out on a long walk on the beach, uh, sipping uh, margaritas, and we start feeling love for each other, and go out and have wild, passionate sex, the Bible says that is a sin, okay? No matter how cute or bootylicious he may be to his wife, That would be a sin, okay? Now, I'm not trying to be gross. I'm just trying to say it frankly. The Bible didn't have to go through and tell us everything that was a sin. All it had to do was tell us how to have sex. And how do we have sex? Man and woman. Now, Angie, you said that you were a Christian and you backslid into homosexuality. So explain to us how come you didn't believe in the agenda of the homosexual movement, the gay church, that that says it's okay for you to be gay. What allowed you, or what rather did not allow you, to live a gay Christian lifestyle? You know, um, by the grace of God. (laughs) Anyway, I I think part of it was, even though I was doing stuff and acting out, I had this, this thing in my heart saying, no, this is wrong. And, you know... Every time I would do something that, no, this is wrong, would pop up, no matter how hard I tried to numb that out. You know, I tried to numb it out with alcohol. I would stay in bed for days. There was heavy depression, but there was still that lagging, no, this is wrong, and I couldn't get rid of it. And many people I talk to that are in homosexuality when I've been out on the streets in downtown Minneapolis or just talking to somebody at a university, they all have that nagging feeling, and that's the Holy Spirit telling them that that is wrong and they're not supposed to be in that situation or in that relationship because their bodies weren't even created to go there, you know? See, for me, it's hard for me to understand that, uh, that, that homosexuality is accepted in Christianity because, as Roman says, it is so unnatural. And uh, yep. we, we have scriptures coming up here. Thank you, uh, uh, my brother, um, 
uh, I forget your name, but Savior, thank you. Thank you, Savior, for putting up all these scriptures. And let me just say this to those of you listening. We will get to questions, so just hold on, okay? We will get to you. Just listen to our points at first. We're not just jumping into some debate with you. We are going to build the foundation. And let's review. We've We've heard a story from Angie that says she was lost, then she found Christ, and then as a Christian, she fell into a lesbian love relationship that was emotional before it was sexual. Then she knew, well, the whole time she says she knew it was wrong, but then she came to Christ, she repented, she got back in love with Jesus, did the right thing, and the Bible, uh, where she said that she began to change, that God began to change her emotions and her feelings, and now today she's engaged to a man. So this was a process. Now you've seen in Scripture, we've read in Romans, that the Bible calls it unnatural. That uh, we've described that Jesus doesn't have to name every specific sin, that he can speak in generals. And he said that sex only belongs between husband and wife. We've also got Scriptures up here in Corinthians. And let me read 1 Corinthians 6, 9. It says says right here, uh, if I can get it to stop moving. It says, Or do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither fornicators, idolaters, adulterers, the effeminate, nor homosexuals, thieves, nor the covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers will inherit the kingdom of God. Okay. Is it clear from the Bible that homosexuality is a sin? Yes. But here's the thing. A lot of people think all we use is Old Testament scriptures, and they're like, well, if the Bible said to stone homosexuals in the Old Testament, and then right next to that it also said that a woman having her period was unclean, how do you know what applies to us in the New Testament? Well, here it is very simply. Jesus said he fulfilled the law. That means he completed the old covenant. He then started a new covenant. It would be like no one could pass first grade. Jesus came and passed it, and he took us to second grade. If you come to Christ, you now go to second grade. You don't live in first grade. Well, how does it work in second grade? Now, those are the teachings of the apostles and Jesus himself, and it is obvious that sex with sex, same sex is wrong. Now, Angie just said that she never really doubted that, that she knew on the inside it was wrong. But today, so many people are trying to justify that it's right. And one of the things you said, Angie, was that uh, that it's naturally unnatural, meaning if a male sticks his male genitalia in, in another man's behind, there is nothing natural about that. Now, people can say that dogs stick their thing in things like that, but let me ask you a question. Dogs also eat their doo-doo. Do you want to do that, or does anybody want to do that? So obviously there has to be some type of a sense that comes into our minds. For example, two lesbians cannot make a baby. But yet they have this motherly instinct, and they want to have, uh, you know, infertile semization, and I mispronounced that word, but they want to be uh, fertilized with an egg and have a child. That is not natural. The only way they could naturally have a child is through sex. So, Angie, what would you say today? And we're going to help people. We're going to really help people here. We're going to pray. We're going to, we're going to stretch this message to everyone that wants to listen and pay attention, okay? But, Angie, help us close the, 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 the argument here. That you can be gay and be a Christian. Help us understand this, because you were a lesbian. You were out there, and you've talked to people like this. What would be the best thing that you would share with somebody today that says, I'm gay, I want to be gay, and I want to be a Christian? Please put some word on it so they can go back and see it as well. But what would you say to them? Wow. Um, I would, you know... Um, scripture, 1 Corinthians 6, 9, 1 Timothy 1, 9 through 10, 
I would also go all the way back to Genesis 1:27, and where it says, So God created a man in his own image. In the image and likeness of God, he created them, male and female, he created them. And God blessed them, and he said to them, Be fruitful, multiply, and fill the earth. You know, God, God made us image bearers of him, and we are created in his likeness. And we have to understand, when we're walking in the kingdom of God, you know, Satan will also do the same thing. Satan wants to put his image on people, and he wants to make them in the image of himself, rather than be um, going down perversion or going down, you know, being a murderer or something like that. But he wants to also distort the image. So I would go clear back to Genesis and say, you know, dude, you know, you know, you God created you male and female. It is, it's very clear. And this is the mandate God gave the human race. And this is the confines of, of the right sexual relationship. And then I would take it even one step further and, and go to the heart issue. What has led you to this point of homosexuality? Was it abuse in the past? Was it some vows you made in your life? Was it, um, you didn't want to be like your father. You didn't want to be like your mother. Because we got to get to the root issue. And once the root issue is dealt with, people can live in freedom. You know, you can't you can't keep the root in and expect good fruit to come come up. You know, you got to get rid of the root and then uh, replace it with Troy truth. Bond, so Reagan Ministries be, International. Be, I'm sorry, I'm not here to. I, I'm given. sorry. But if and, you need a message for me, I'll come back. You know, as go soon to Genesis 18 and, and need to reach really right away. give God's heart. God's heart is. You know, he he wants them to be restored. He he loves them and pursues them and wants right relationships for them. Amen. And, Amen. Um, and let me just ask you a question, Angie. Let me just mm-hmm. put this to you kind of bluntly. Mm-hmm. How how does a woman who's fallen in love with other women love mm-hmm. now a man? Is that a miracle in the Holy Spirit, or <laughs> is it a physical thing that you train yourself? And let me just say this real, real seriously yeah. to everyone listening to me, because let me let me get everyone to get me here. People would say, "Well, you can't make them straight. You can't make them straight." First of all, we are in, imploring God's power and His Holy Spirit here. Number mm-hmm. one, number two, I want everybody to think about this. When somebody becomes gay, they make themselves be more gay and do gay things too. I was just reading on transgender sites and different gay sites, and they teach themselves, and they're teaching each other, how to change their voice to make it more feminine. Like, they literally take speech classes to sound more like a woman. Well, they are making themselves do that. So can you make yourself do this? Can you switch back is what I'm saying. And, of course, we know that God's involved. But tell me just how does somebody switch back? And then we're going to take some questions on this issue. So how does a Christian say, I'm no longer going to be a lesbian? How do they do that? How did you do that? What happened? Well, first of all, can I address what you're saying about yes, go um, ahead. people becoming, you know, more indoctrinated in this, you know, taking classes. It, you know, it is true. In college campuses, they have recruiting teams out there that want to recruit freshmen into homosexuality. And, and they're on the Christian campuses here at Bethel and North Central. They're all over my city, and, and they're recruiting heavily, and they're indoctrinating. And once the thing about coming into agreement with a lie is, you know, Satan gotcha, has you when you come into agreement with a lie, and the lie becomes more and more powerful 
the more agreement we come into that life. So if Amen. a man begins to speak more like a woman, he is now come into more and more agreement and saying, I must be, you know, be homosexual. I must be more like a woman. This is what God must have made me. When in reality, he's just come into more agreement with a lie. I will tell you, in my walk um, for four years when I was physical, I'm going to share this with everybody. I don't share with a lot of people. My four years I was physical in a homosexual relationship, I did not have my period. I didn't have any menstrual cycle. And I truly believe that was Satan's onslaught to say, hey, look, you're more like a male. And the, and when I renounced that lifestyle, the month after that, I started my menstrual cycle up again. And it had, 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 are having it ever since, praise God. But, see, they come more and more agreement with the lie, body begins to change, and their thoughts begin to change, and their speech begins to change. You know, for me to change and come out of this, I fell onto the mercy of God, and only God could restore me, and the Holy Spirit could could uproot those roots and, and change things in my life so I could be fully restored. I had to learn a lot of things over again. I had to learn properness and relationships, especially women who are in, in homosexuality have a huge problem with codependency and emotional enmeshment. Ladies, if you are emotionally meshed with another woman, you are in homosexuality if you are acting out or not because that's how deep that root is and how emotionally dependent you are on that woman. So I had to reevaluate and learn to have safe friendships and safe relationships. I didn't think of men no longer as, as just sexual things, but as, as brothers, as, as friends, and as, as godly people that, that could come alongside me and go before me and people that I could trust in. So I had to learn a lot over over again. Um, helping people come out of homosexuality takes a lot of investment, takes a lot of the time because you have to walk them through so much and you literally have to be yanked out of the environment you're in because pastor joe you were saying that you know they're in an environment where their whole culture is about homosexuality and it just it's infiltrating on them and it turns their heart more and more towards that way and locks them in more and more so amen Let, let's stop and talk about this we got pastor troy of uh, Raven Ministries joining us. I'm going to let him chime in here. here. Here's the question, and we're going to start taking questions from you. Just give us three more minutes, and we're going to start taking questions from you guys. You can keep chatting, of course, keep it decent, but uh, just listen to what we're saying. Hear our point of view. These are uh, Christians talking right now, and that's our first question right now tonight. Was Is homosexuality uh, a sin? So we're answering the question for the Christian base, okay? If you just think there's no God, well, then just listen to why Christians believe that it's a sin, okay? Because it's our Bible, and it's it's our prerogative to interpret this Bible and, and propagate it to others, and uh, we want to just kind of crush the lie that says you can be gay and a Christian at the same time. And so, uh, Raven, answer this question for us uh, from your perspective, working in uh, Mardi Gras for all those years, New Orleans, and now you're in Orlando, and just being around the gay community. Just answer that question with some word, with some insight. You're hearing Angie saying that homosexuality actually is, is propagating itself onto people, that it's actually trying to look for people to expose their lifestyle to, and it isn't as natural as everyone is looking at. So just tell us what you think about homosexuality and Christianity. Let me give you a little testimony. Um, a number of years ago, I guess it was maybe two or three years ago, I was in Los Angeles, California during a major national gay pride event that they host out there. It was there on Santa Monica Boulevard, and it was myself and another 
brother in the Lord that was standing out there on the street corner, just right across the street from the main staging area. And uh, we we just arrived out there, and uh, all of a sudden, uh, a young man ran up. We had I had two guys with me that were uh, holding up crosses, but a young man ran up to me, 26 years old, and just began to curse at me. Now I knew he wasn't mad at me because I hadn't opened my mouth or I'd never talked to this guy before. And so he just began to, to curse at me. He finally said, I know why you're here. You're out here to protest homosexuality. And I kind of breathed a sigh of relief because I said, man, you couldn't be any further from the truth. I said, I'm not out here uh, protesting anything. I'm out here promoting Jesus. And he turned and he looked at the two guys with the cross. And he said, well, what about that? And I said, well, you don't know about that. And he said, yeah, I know all about that. I said, maybe you don't. I said, that's the universal sign of hope. And he kind of had this strange look on his face. And I said, yeah, I said, think about it. The only person that ever gave the homosexual hope was the one that hung upon that cross and said, by a stripe, she can be healed. I said, if you come down with AIDS, I said, the doctors don't give you any hope of ever being healed of it. They may prolong your life, but eventually they say it's going to get you. I said, but the one that hung upon that cross 2,000 years ago died that you can be healed. Then the young man looked at me, and this may be a little different take on some of what you guys are talking about. And he said, uh, he said, well, I was born a homosexual. And he said, I argue with Christians all the time whether or not I was born a homosexual. I said, really, I have no problem with that. I said, I was born lost and in sin. I said, my sin just did not happen to manifest itself in homosexuality. I said, the problem is people want to put names on these sins. I said, you were born headed to destruction because of the fallen nature that you had. Now, whether that fallen nature manifests itself in homosexuality or drunkenness or, or lying or cheating or whatever that you have a propensity or as the scripture calls an iniquity towards, I said, the one that hung upon that cross can do it. I said, you may have been born a homosexual, but according to 2 Corinthians 5.17, you don't have to be born again a homosexual because the word says, if any man be in Christ Jesus, he's a new creature. Old things have passed away and all things are made new. Now, before I came to Christ, I had a tendency towards a lot of things. I came from a family of drug addicts. I came from a family of alcoholics, a family of violence. But when I gave my life to the Lord Jesus Christ 23 years ago, who I was born as, totally changed and I became a new person and so I've seen God over many years I've, I've brought people into our discipleship centers that came in that lived a complete lifestyle of homosexuality but once they turn their life over to Jesus and they begin to allow themselves to be a new creature they begin to cast off the old nature and became new in Christ Jesus they were set free and they never had those tendencies again that's what the word promises whether it's homosexuality or or, uh, or drunkenness or whatever the, the sin may be there's a God that sent his son Jesus to change and transform the lives of anybody that was be willing to do it. It's sin is what it is. And it can be reprinted, uh, repented from and changed. And God will come in. He said, if you're faithful to confess your sin, whether you call it homosexuality, etc., he's faithful and just to forgive your sins Amen. and to cleanse you of all unrighteousness. And it is unrighteousness. And we see from Romans 126 and 27, it says, for that cause that God gave them up to vile affections. And even it talks about, I believe y'all quoted this, that women did change their natural use, which is against nature. And likewise, also the men leaving the natural use of women, women and burning in their lust towards one another. But the good news is, there is mercy, there is a transformation, there is a change. Regardless if you were born a homosexual, regardless if you were born stupid, God can change you if you're just willing to allow him to come into your life. Amen. Amen. Okay. Amen. Amen. Let's get to some questions now. Okay. We've got a very good uh, room here of a lot of different opinions. Thank you guys for coming. I've enabled Atheist at Large's video if you'd like to come on. 
and uh, obviously by his name, Atheist at Large, he has quite a different opinion. And we're going to get to the, uh, some of those issues in just a second. But for those that want to now ask Christians what we think about homosexuality, these are issues involving homosexuality and the Bible, okay? So we are coming from the perspective of a Christian. We're going to get to the second perspective of um homosexuality, could you be born this way? I think we as Christians are always going to bring our Bible back into it, but we will try to address some of those issues more along the natural lines, more along uh, social lines, like uh, how homosexuals interact with our society, should they adopt, etc., etc. But let's put this first in a Christian perspective. What are you guys thinking right now? Let me get some questions from you. Do you believe homosexuality is a sin. If you do not believe it is, tell us why. Write it out right now and let us know why you would think that uh, if someone is a homosexual going against the commands of God in the Bible, they could still remain to be a Christian. So we're going to give you a chance to do that. Christian Hillbilly is going to address the first question that comes up. I know that we lag a little bit, so I am waiting for the chat lines to catch up with what I'm saying. I want to thank Angie for being here and for Raven team and everybody else. Thank you guys for coming. And we really do want to investigate this with you. You've heard our position from Romans. You've heard it from Corinthians, many other places. Okay. Here is a question. How do Christians determine what is natural in the case of hermaphrodites, people with both male and female genitalia? Christian Hillbilly, why don't you address that? And if anyone else wants to touch on that, you guys can. But let's keep it to uh, you know about one to two minutes in answering these questions because I think we got a lot coming. Go ahead, Christian Hillbilly. Well, I thank you for that easy question there. Uh, when it comes right down to it, uh, Something like that. We, Excuse me, Christian Hillbilly, you are lagging. Uh, Christian Hillbilly, you are lagging. Let me give this one to Raven Ministries. Raven, is it? Uh, tell me what God thinks about hermaphrodites. Go ahead. <laughs> Raven, are you even on? Angie, tell us what you think God thinks about hermaphrodites. Okay, can anybody hear me? Christian Hillbilly. I can hear you there, Brother Joe. Can you hear me? Why is it? <laughs> Brother, I feel so bad. I feel so bad. You are uh, you are the only one that can hear me, but yet you're lagging. How come nobody else can hear me? Can, uh, Ray... I, can hear you. I can hear you. Why didn't you answer? Okay, Christian Hillbilly, go ahead and try to answer it. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, when it comes down to the issue of uh, hermaphroditism, uh, basically having uh, both uh, genitalia, uh, you know, it comes down to this, that, that we live in a fallen world, and, you know, yes, we're going to have deformities and disease. Uh, when it comes right down to it, when you look at those, uh, those type of people that are born that way, it's my understanding that you can look at the... Uh, them from a genetic standpoint and be able to tell which is which. I mean, uh, most of the time, they're prevalent, more prevalent one way or the other. Uh, you know, I, I've, I've always been very uncomfortable with answering this because, again, I'm not a doctor and I don't know much about the, uh, the medical side of it. But I do know one thing, that uh, God has created us with that innate uh, personality of who we are, and that is either male or female. 
the, again, when a man has that uh, testosterone, it makes him a certain way. Uh, so what does somebody else think about this particular issue? Yeah, I love you, Christian Hillbilly. Thank you, man. You did your best. I appreciate you. You're always good. Let me just say this before I give it to Angie. So, Angie, get ready. Here's what I have to say about this. The first thing, the very fact that you're asking this question actually proves the point of the Christian. Meaning, when you say, what about the hermaphrodite, if I can pronounce the, the word, listen to me, when you ask about that, that is the presupposing that we should be one or the other, that it's natural to be born male or female. And the fact that one out of so many millions are born uh, both or have certain uh, genetics of each one shows that this is unnatural. So it goes back to the idea that homosexuality is unnatural. So the hermaphrodite should try to get into a natural relationship, just like the very fact that I have to wear glasses. My eyes were born deformed. That is unnatural. So even if someone could prove that homosexuality is a born trait, it would still fall under the fact that it is unnatural. That's what we as Christians are saying. And the fact that you're asking the question about hermaphrodites is is the same point. It is unnatural. You know, to remain that way is not going to be very productive in their life. They need to either be a male and begin to act as a male and fulfill male duties, or they need to become a female. Now, if they cannot bear children, here's the way I think you decide, and I'm not a doctor, but it doesn't really matter. I think this is the easiest way to decide, is can the person bear children? If the person cannot bear children, then they're a man. They may be an effeminate man. They may be a man with small genitalia. Okay? They may be a small little man but it doesn't matter it just then they're a man okay if they can't bear children they're a man that's the only way i can say and i think that that just helps us understand that this is unnatural like i need glasses because my eyes are not naturally able to see they need help in getting their body back on track because it's not natural if a man gets his thingamabib cut off he's going to get it put back on because it's not natural for a man to be walking around without a thingamabib okay now angie what do you think about hermaphrodites you go for it now Oh, goodness. Um, can I say you covered it all? <laughs> if you want. I, mean, I, feel, yeah. I feel basically you, you explained it well, I think. Okay. Uh, Pastor Troy, do you want to say anything about hermaphrodites? Do you have anything you would like to say? <laughs> I don't know if I necessarily want to say anything, but I was just noticing only three out of one million uh, people born in the world are hermaphrodites. And so we're talking about such a small number. Amen. And and that's why I said it's an unnatural thing. It's like, what about people that that can't talk? And the Bible says you have to confess Jesus is Lord. Well, obviously right. there's con- concessions for them, and God works with what they have. But the point is that's not natural. We should have vocal cords. We should be able to see correctly. I shouldn't have to wear glasses. And somebody should be able to have a gender that they can be productive. The bottom line is, is if the whole society was gay or lesbian, there wouldn't be any more baby boys or baby girls. And the very fact that somebody says, I'm a woman trapped in a man, body and then they have to make their body a woman's body shows that they were never a woman to begin with because if they were born a woman they would have a woman's body i don't see how how we get this so complicated we claim to be so smart in the 21st century yet we can't even do the most simplest things okay if a man has to take hormones to become more like a woman obviously he is making himself be something he wasn't born as so if we say they were born this way then why do they have to make themselves hormonally another way and so I, I just can't explain that to you enough let's get another question out here protocol watch your language or our boot you out uh, let's get another question um, 
uh, let's let's get off the hermaphrodite things. It's unnatural. God wants them to pick one. If they can't bear children, then they're not a woman. They must be a man. Okay, okay. Uh, so sterile people aren't men. That is not what I said. They're not a natural man. They they are a man with a sickness. A a a part of their body is sick, and that's what we are saying. That that homosexuality, even if it was a born trait, would be an unnatural trait. It would be considered as a sickness. And uh, I want to recommend now North. Dot com, which is our institute with so many doctors, so many psychiatrists, sociologists, and the like, that have articles and articles on homosexuality and, and uh, these issues from a doctoral standpoint. And the bottom line is it still has yet to be even close to proven that homosexuality is a born trait. It is a psychological trait. That is exactly what uh, uh, Angie is saying. That is what we believe. And and it goes all the way back down to how they behave. If it's not a psychological trait, then why are people right now teaching other gays how to talk more like a woman? Why are they selling hormones to become more like a woman? If it's a physical trait, then why do they have to take drugs and supplements to be something they're not? And And let's just be honest. If they can change and be all of that, then they can change and be straight. They can change and become a Christian. Now, of course, we believe that the Holy Spirit is involved and changes their lives and, and really has to do that, give them that desire. Because you know what? Until Christ came into my life, I loved pornography, and it didn't hurt anybody, and it felt good. And so according to the world, it wasn't a sin. Because the only thing in this world that they consider a sin is things that hurt people and don't feel good. So you know what? When Christ came into my heart, I didn't desire pornography. Well, that was a God-inspired thing. And then he helped me. He changed me. And Angie, you're not alone. God is still working on those desires. And if he's still working on your desires as a lesbian, we don't call you any less of a Christian. And so let's move on to some other uh, questions here. Um, Let's go on to just a few more. I see you guys chatting amongst yourselves. I'm going to give you a couple more uh, seconds here to ask us a question uh, that would give... Uh, uh, another aspect of this uh, uh, argument and, and things that we have. So uh, religion is a crush is asking the question, so you don't have a desire anymore. Angie, explain to him and, and read Romans 12.1. Get the Bible out for me if you don't have it in front of you. Read Romans 12.1. Explain to them how we look at God changing our desires, not only gay desires, and then make it personal. Tell us your story on why you don't desire the same way you used to desire women. Can you talk about that, please? Yeah. Do you want me to read Romans 12, 1 first? Yes, please do that so they can hear the word in that. Okay. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your reasonable act of service. And I like, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed. Um Are you with us? Yeah. I'm sorry. My phone just kind of cut out. Okay. Um, God, um, it's hard to explain. God, God, you know, he does things supernaturally. And all I can say is I know that my life was powered by lust and lust of the flesh and lust of the eyes. And anything I could, anything I could get my hands on and kind of control or manipulate or, or things like that, it, it gave me a sense of power and, and worth, but I uh, but I knew that those things were unnatural, and I and I knew that God wasn't pleased with them. And God really 
started to go after, you know, my heart issues and and saying, you know, I, I didn't create you to chase after lust, and I didn't create you for these type of, of relationships, but I created you for something greater than this. I've created you for my love and for my purity and for my holiness. And I'll be honest with you, up to that point in my life, you know, I never wanted anything pure, and I didn't know that people could be pure or people could, you know, pursue holiness and and I just thought that people just, all they did was lust. And that really was in my heart, driving me night and day and day and night. And it was really, you know, exhausting me and burning me out and left me at dead ends and left me at dead relationships. And, you know, I just fell in front of God and said, God, you've got to change my heart. I want to be different. I, I want you to pour in your purity. And I want you to change my desires. And... Part of it is coming into agreement with God, saying, you know, this is what's in my heart. It's that, that repentance. It's, it's saying, God, this is what's in my heart. Can you, can you change it? And the, the Bible is very clear in Jeremiah, Jeremiah that only what's in our heart is evil. Continual evil is in our heart. And once we present that heart in front of God, only he is the one that can change our heart. And he started to take away the desires. And my desire for, for, um, a physical relationship with a female did go away instantly, but I had to work on some of the underlying things like the pornography, masturbation, and, and some of the other roots of the lust. And eventually, after, you know, for about six months, those things were totally removed. And I just didn't have those desires anymore because I, I wanted the things of God, you know, just like this, this um, Romans 12, 1, you know, by the mercies of God, only by God's mercy was I able to change, and only by his mercy could I offer myself up as a living sacrifice, and only by his mercy can, you know, I become more holy and acceptable to him. And so it was really God just going after me and changing my heart. And, you know, God pursues people that are in these relationships, and he desperately wants them to change, and he wants them to know that there's something more out there than just, these relationships that they're having are these moments of lust that they're having are, are what they term to be love really isn't love, but it's destroying them. Amen. That is good. And God has a plan for them, just like he did for you yes. and for yes. me. Thank you. Thank you. Let me ask a question. Are there any Christians in this room right now that believe homosexuality is not a sin. This means you are a Christian because you've accepted Christ in your life. You have been born again. You have an active relationship with Jesus. You believe in the Bible. If you do, would you just single by texting yes, and then maybe add a little bit to that if you can, and let us know why you believe the way you do. But I really want to ask everybody in this room to be honest, because I think the ones that uh, I'm looking at in the chat room that are having the most problems with us addressing homosexuality as a sin are people who don't even believe in the Christian God and wouldn't consider themselves Christians. And so that leaves us with so many other discussions and directions. I really don't want to get steered off in that today. You can go to metropraise.org and listen to our many debates on uh, God and atheism and uh, evolution, etc., etc. But today is really trying to address this subject. And I do want to get into how it interacts with the world from a secular standpoint. 
but not not once again debating the existence of God and how God created the world, etc. Obviously, if you don't believe God created the world and we're just animals, not only is it acceptable for two men to have sex, it's acceptable for you to have sex with your daughter. And it's acceptable for anyone else that wants to to have sex with your daughter because that's what animals do. They have sex whenever, wherever they want, and might is right. So if the dog is bigger than you and you're a dog and he wants to have sex with your little daughter, he will just pummel over you and then he'll have sex with your daughter. So, I mean, if you're talking about uh, atheism and things like that at the same time and trying to believe or, or interact in our discussion, you're not going to get very far because we don't believe we're animals and we don't believe that we're supposed to live like animals. And uh, listening to everybody else here on the chat line, rather, reading, I'm not seeing any Christians say that I believe in this. So hopefully we did answer your questions if you listen to this webcast and you need to uh, ask more questions and you want to meet with us, we welcome you to do so. Come back on the show. Email us. We'll set up a time to be with you. If you have a pastor or someone that is teaching this, uh, that homosexuality is okay, we welcome that. We want to get more in this discussion. But what I have found out is those on the other side, the liberal side who believe in this, do not want to discuss it with people like Angie. They do not want to come and discuss it with people like us. I used to rent uh, the, the Methodist building down the street from my house to have church in, and the woman was a lesbian, and she did not want to discuss this with me. She was very angry with me, and she just wanted to leave me as a hate monger in her mind. But she did not want to actually let me explain myself or to let other people like Angie explain themselves. So it is good to discuss this if you are a Christian or know somebody that believes differently. Now, we have a few minutes left here in the show. Let's take this in a little bit different of a direction here. Let, let's go uh, to Christian Hillbilly, and let's go in this direction. Christian Hillbilly, should gay and lesbian people in America be allowed to get married? I see people asking that question. It's a little bit outside of the role of... Um, of the church, because obviously the church can't, uh, you know, determine government. We can just vote. But from a Christian standpoint, and not only from a Christian standpoint, just from an American, should gay and lesbians be able to marry an Angie? I'm going to let you follow up with that and Raven be on track because you're coming on next. Go ahead, uh, Christian Billy. Well, thank you there, Brother Joe. Um, no, sir, I think it's quite obvious that uh, even if you don't want to take a biblical stance on this particular subject about uh, homosexual marriage, uh, then you can actually look at it from a uh, common sense standpoint. Why uh, are there restrictions to marriage in the first place? From the very beginning, restrictions of, uh, about marriage have been there to protect the family, to protect our community. Um, again, you can't go out and marry your, your brother or, or your first cousin. Why is that? To protect the community, uh, to protect those children that would come from that particular relationship. So, again, all these uh, re regulations, all these people who want to uh, say that these regulations need to be thrown out so we can have homosexual marriage are not taking into consideration the next generation. They're trying to have a social experiment and using our children, our next generation, uh, as the fodder for that social experiment. You know, children need something very specific. You know, having raised uh, quite a few children myself, I know what children need. Children need their loving biological parents, their loving mother and father, 
who are loving and committed to each other and loving and committed to those children. If we were going to create an example uh, so children in the family could see what an ex example of a loving father, a husband, a man is, then we would actually put this family together with one man and one woman. So they, the, the, the boys could see what it means to be a man, what it means to be a, a father, a husband, what it means to be uh, uh, loving towards your spouse. Same thing for, for the mothers. That boy needs to see what it looks like for uh, a woman to relate to a man, for the wife to relate to the husband. Uh, the, the, the girls need to see this. And when we, when we talk about homosexual marriage, we have to also consider that, again, when we're looking at it from the standpoint of children, that homosexual marriage is basically a single-parent relationship. You're taking one of those parents out of the equation. Which one do you think is uh, dispen dispensable? Is it the father? Can we throw them out? It's the mother. Can we throw them out? Because it doesn't matter how many people you have in that household. You have a single parent family right there because there's only one of those biological parents trying to raise those children or those child, or the child Amen. rather. When it comes down to the children themselves, it doesn't matter how loving two men are. They can never know how to raise a little girl and to, to be a woman, to relate to that little girl, to, to go through with her the, the physical and emotional changes that women go through. Same thing for boys. Two loving women, no matter how loving and committed they are to each other, can never know how to raise a little boy to be a man, a husband. Amen. And let so me... we've got all these different right. things, but... Those are the main things. That was beautiful. Thank you. And Angie, I'm going to turn to you in just a second. Let me just ask this. And uh, young children, if you're listening to us, I want you to understand I'm a pastor and I'm saying this with all purity. And adults hear this as well. But when it gets into this sexual thing, there's a lot of taboos and things. But I really think we need to make this really kind of like, uh, you know, to where everybody can understand it. And so just listen to my, my thought here. Would you allow a man to lovingly have sex with his dog, and let's say his dog enjoys it, and his, jaw, his, his dog finds pleasure, and there's no, like, so he's not hurting anybody, and it feels good, would you then let the man and his dog become parents of a child? Now, that to me is the same idea that we're doing here. For, for a man to have a child in a homosexual relationship, he has to involve a woman, somebody totally outside of his loving sexual relationship with his partner. Then he has to take that child away from the other half, from the person that helped him birth it, and raise it in a total, um, what would you say, a total foreign environment. A total foreign environment to what that child was born in, naturally. The same thing with the lesbian. They may be able to get together, have wild lesbian fun sex, and they may love each other and emotionally love each other. But to have a, have a child, they have to involve a man. Then when they're raising that child, that man, the, the father, is not involved in the child's life. It is not natural. That would be the same as a man falling in love with his dog, having sexual relationship with dog, loving his dog, and just saying, well, me and my dog can raise children together so he goes and gets a woman brings a child into the, the relationship and, and we as American culture are supposed to allow him to do that now that may sound sick and twisted but I'm telling you what man two women getting together with plastic toys is just as sick and twisted and two men sticking it into the place where they're supposed to be excreting waste from their body is just as sick and twisted it is not 
natural. It is not natural. Let, let me uh, ask you a question. If it's so natural, then why do men have to do so many different things to their body at first to prepare themselves for those type of encounters, and yet it still harms their body? You know that's the truth. Now, uh, Angie, go ahead and help us out here. Do you think uh, gay and lesbians, you used to be a lesbian, you loved your lesbian partner. Do you think that you should, uh, not you, praise God, you're delivered, but do you think uh, lesbians should be able to get married? Go ahead and talk. Absolutely not. It's not as it, it's just unbiblical, and it just, as Christian Hillbilly was saying, it, it doesn't build up the family, and I think he did a really good job of, of saying that the roles of a husband and a wife and how that is needed, um, and it just, there is, I, I just, <laughs> you know, it's just, it's not natural, it's not right, and it just, it's not what God intended. I want to know why is it people get offended when I talk about a man having sex with his dog? Why, why, does, why does people get so offended when I say that? Why does that say, you know what, you look at people, they would rather abort a baby. I mean, yeah, they would rather kill a baby than harm a dog. You know, you can have more rights for a baby eagle. Uh, is, is, it's, it's embryo, it's, it's uh, egg. You can have more rights for an eaglet's egg than you can for a child. And you think that it's absurd. I, I love the atheist mind. And, and Pastor Troy, I want you to tie it in with some word, because we got some people saying that I'm not giving them Scripture. I want you to go back to Romans for me, Pastor Troy, and show them how unnatural this is and how this is just a succession from one thing of unnatural to another. And how that if we truly are animals, and there's no reason why animals can't have sex with other animals. There's just no, there's no, there's no problem with that. There's no problem with that. You're getting offended because I'm treating you like an animal. I'm talking to you like you're an animal. And evolutionists and atheists get all upset when we start talking to you like you're an animal because that's what you want to be. You, you want to act like an animal. You want to say, well, animals can be gay. Animals can do this. Animals can do that. Dolphins have sex with each other. And then I say, well, why don't you have sex with an animal then? Why don't, why don't we say that's okay? And they used to do it. And they used to think it's okay. And they used to be against the law, but they did it anyway. So let me ask you a question. Should society accept that? And I think it's just the same way. Now, go ahead and put some scripture on that, Pastor Troy, before people here don't, don't continue to listen anymore just because they're getting their little, uh, their little feelings hurt. Go ahead, Pastor Troy. You know, as I heard you say that, it's really typical. You know, today it's homosexuality, tomorrow bestiality. What about if that same person felt like they were born a pedophile and they came to your house to have sex with your five-year-old daughter? Would there be any difference? It's unnatural. But it's really typical of the day and age to live. You know, Second um, Timothy chapter 3 says this, Know that also in the last days a perilous time will come. Men will be lovers of their own selves. They'll be covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient, fair, unthankful, and holy, without natural, natural affection. And it goes on to say that says that they'll be lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof. And it goes on to say in the thirteenth verse it says it says they'll be evil men and seducers, waxing worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. And we see those type of things today. The debate is homosexuality. And, you know, Pastor Joe pushes that to the extreme on that, but it's intentional. Because, you know what, one day that's going to be the thing that people call natural. And we'll be talking about, you know, people having sex with stones or, or trees or something weird like that. Folks, listen, what it comes down to is we are living in the last days. And uh, men are. We see, the, we see the manifestation of the end times. Uh, people become lovers of themselves rather than lovers of God. And the bottom line is God said it was wrong. 
God said don't do it. If we say we love God, we'll obey. We don't have to sit here and, 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 and cut hairs and splice hairs about it. God said don't do it. If I love him, I will keep his commands is what the word says. If you love me, you will keep my commands. If I say I love God but I do not keep his commands, I am a liar. And so the reason people do this is because, number one, they love themselves rather than God. They posed the question, Pastor Joe, about about uh, how should the government affect I thought it was interesting. There's a, a news article that came out today by uh, Terrence P. Schiffey. He's the CNN news editor-in-chief. And it's, it's talking about Barack Obama and his position. Told, it said, if I read just a little bit of this, it said mm-hmm. he told a crowd at Hawking College in Nelsonville, Ohio recently, at this past Sunday, that he believes the Sermon on the Mount justifies his support for legal recognition of same-sex unions. He also told the crowd that his position was in favor of, the, of legalized abortion. doesn't make him less of a Christian. He said, I think that it's a legal right that they should have and be recognized by the state. He said, if people find that controversial, then I would just prefer, refer them to the Sermon on the Mount, which I think, in my mind, for my faith, more than central uh, than any obscure passage in Romans. And now this is what... This is what, what's his name, Obama, Barack Obama says. He goes on to say that, that the passage from the Romans, which is dis, uh, obscure, is the one we were talking about. But, folks, listen, you, you know, you have, you have politicians. He said this. He goes on to say, and this is interesting, too. He says, as your president, he said, I will use the bully pulpit to urge states to treat same-sex couples with the same full equality uh, in their in family and adoption laws. He says, I personally believe that these unions represent the best way to secure equal treatment. And so, you know, you, you folks that support that, you've got the, the opportunity to do it. Vote in Obama and watch exactly what's going to happen to this nation. But it's really, they'll have a form of godliness. They'll deny the power from such, turn away because they're lovers of pleasure. Whatever that pleasure is, more than lovers of God. Amen. And you know what? Today, what we are seeing is the most uh, easiest way to describe the end times. How would you describe the end times if you were going to be, if you were a prophet 2,000 years from this day and you are going to describe what these times would look like? If you read Paul, he's in that exact position. He's uh, speaking to people 2,000 years removed from our culture. And he begins to talk to Timothy about things that he is going to have to look out for in the last days. Now listen to how he describes this culture. And tell me if this does not describe the culture that we're living in. Now to me, I agree 100% with Pastor Troy. And he got a little political there, which is okay, because that was what we were talking about. But when people get offended about me talking about, uh, you know, having sex with dogs and this and this and all this, you know what, all you have to do is watch. Watch one episode of Will and Grace, and they'll tell you about how guys are going to have sex with each other. They're going to explain how they're going to do it. All you have to do is just turn in to uh, any talk show today that's, that's ran by a gay or a lesbian, and they're going to do the same thing. And I want to ask you a question. Do you believe that that is going to stop there? Do you really think so? Do you really think that people are just going to get up and say, well, you know what, I'm going to stop having sex just with another man now. You know, No, they're not going to do that. They're going to keep going and going and going. What, what is acceptable to one generation and unacceptable to another is going to be uh, passed down to the next generation, like a pastor, uh, like a brother Hillbilly was saying, and then the next generation is going to take it further, and then the next generation is going to take it further. And I want you to listen here to what uh, Paul says to Timothy in 1 Timothy chapter 4. Listen to how 
how uh, he, or rather, Second uh, Timothy chapter three. Listen to how Paul describes what the last days are going to be like, and tell me if we are not living in this time. There will be terrible times in the last days. Let me post this up here for everybody to be able to see this, and then we're going to let Angie just kind of minister. Now we're going to turn more towards our prayer time and begin to start ministering to the people that are here. It says, but mark this, there will be terrible times in the last days. Look at what happens here. People will be lovers of themselves. They're going to do whatever they love to do. Now imagine this. This is 2,000 years ago. We have people getting more cosmetic surgery than ever before. We have people spending more money on themselves than ever before. This is the most wealthiest generation of the entire history of the human earth, and we're just wasting money on ourselves. It says they will be lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive. What is this called? Gay Pride Day? See, the gay agenda just totally fits into this end-time a demonic attack on families and, and, and the life that God asks us to live, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous. Come on, look at all these things that are going on. What else here? Treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Having a form of godliness but denying its power have nothing to do with them. So you know what? The Bible says that the end times, people are going to become so much lovers of themselves and pleasure that they're just going to turn away from God and begin to go after those things. And I'm telling you right now, friends, you know it as well as I do, the, por- the pornographic industry. It-, it-, it first started off with, you know, a woman and a woman making out. And then it was a woman having sex with another woman. Now it's women with animals. Friends, you know that there's pornography that deals with that. I myself have never seen it. So you guys who are personally attacking me, you're just acting foolish. You're just getting upset. You're just showing us that you can't uh, really understand what's being said. But honestly, you know that the pornography is taking this to a whole nother level. And what's going on is our children are suffering, and people don't know it, like uh, Angie said, that they can get out of this. And that's why we are here. They can get out. The person who's hooked on heterosexual porn can get out. The one hooked on gay porn can get out. The ones that are loving animal sex porns can get out. It's not natural. God did not intend us to live like animals. Angie, I'm going to give you the last few minutes here. It's your time to connect with people that really want to hear this. As always, I'm disappointed with the atheistic argument towards what we as Christians say. They, they always make it uh, an ad hom issue. They always want to make it personal. They always want to take our words and run off with them way off into the wilderness like a little monkey and go uh, have a little banana, but they don't want to stay on track. So I'm not even going to get with them right now on this issue. What I want you to do is I want you to speak to those who are listening to us who know somebody that's gay or lesbian who knows somebody that's struggling in this, and they really need an answer. They want to give them an answer. They want to go out to them, Angie, and they want to share with them God's love and that God can change their life. Angie, you were a lesbian. Those that are joining us here, Angie was a lesbian. Angie, teach us what we can do to reach out to this community and see God change their life like he did for you. I believe in the power of prayer, so I would urge anybody who has a family member or friend who is caught in homosexuality to contend for them in prayer, to press God and ask God to send His Holy Spirit to help change their hearts, to open their eyes, 
that they would be awakened to what they are in, because the Bible says that the God of this age has put a veil over our eyes and over our understanding so we cannot understand. So I would pray that God would lift that veil so they would come into the understanding of what they're involved in. And if you, you know, be loving to them, and and come alongside them, not supporting what they're doing, but alongside them in such of of loving them with with actions and teaching them truth. You know, Christ doesn't wink at sin. He didn't go into the temple one day and say, "Oh, there's money collectors. Let me just go into the holy of holies." You know, he dealt with the sin. He dealt with the issue, and said, so "This is my father's house." get out of here, you money changers, and what you're doing to my father's house. He dealt with the sin. And even with the woman at the well in John 4, you know, he met that woman at the well, this Samaritan, and said, you know, this isn't just about us getting water here, but this is about the sinful life that you've been a part of. And I can give you living water that will set you free because what you've been trying to do all your life is not working out. And it, it will not work out until you come to me and I am your first love. So anytime you see anybody caught in this situation, especially family members, you know, claim God's promises over them and and declare that they, they will be set free and speak truth in their lives. They believe so many lies from the enemy that they need to hear the truth of who they are and that they're made in the image of God, and this is not what God intended them uh, intended for them. Um, Pastor Joe, is it okay if I pray over people? Yes, and let me just say this. When we discuss this subject... It is sexual, uh, obviously, because we're talking about sex, and uh, it gets to be sometimes uh, a little bit uh, graphic. And when I use examples that I use, uh, people can believe me or not, but I choose to use those examples to bring it down to the most obvious point. And I hope that people have seen that. And at this point, I'm going to start kicking people who cannot bring it back into a, a point of of concentration or at least of a sound thought towards what we're talking about. We don't want to just have perverse foolishness over our chat room right now. I was very specific in using the examples that I was using. If you don't agree with me, that is fine. However, I am not a perverse man, nor do I uh, have any um, support of perversion and things like that. And what we are here to do is help the person that is truly interested, A, the Christian, who wants to preach to other non-Christians, and they may be gay or lesbian. We want to help them. We want to help you be able to present this message to those that are out there that are in need of it. And also, we want to present this message to those who may be in this lifestyle, may choose to be Christian or of another religion, and we want you to understand that God sees this as a sin. And so today, sinners can be forgiven in the name of Jesus. That is the beauty of Christianity. Christianity can talk about how lust in your heart is a sin. It can talk about how anger in your heart is a sin. And it may seem to so many people that it's just unfair that our God asks too much. But the beauty of Christianity is the one that asks us to be perfect as He is perfect, provides the means through His own Son's death. Today I am pure, not because I made myself pure. I did not become a better person. 
by stop looking at pornography. I did not become a better person just by stop cussing and going to church. I became a new person because I was once dead, but Christ made me alive. I love to say it this way. Jesus did not come to earth just to make bad people good. He came to make dead people live. And so today... Angie, yes, I do want you to pray. And I want you to pray for those that we know that are gay or lesbian. And I want to pray for those here that may not be gay or lesbian, but you need to come to know Jesus. So let's start off right now with the people that we know that need to come to Christ in a gay or lesbian lifestyle. Let's pray for them right now. And then those that need to come to Christ in whatever lifestyle you're in, we pray that you come to Christ today. Angie, start off with praying for our friends and family that are struggling with this sin, that the devil has got them to think there's no way I'll pray for them as we believe that God can set them free. Father, we thank you for your mercy. You are a God of mercy, so we cry out for your mercy even now. And, Father, I ask that your Holy Spirit would begin to open the hearts of our friends and family who are caught in homosexuality. Father, I ask even now that you begin to lift the veil that's over their eyes, that you begin to lift the darkness. Father, I ask that their bed tonight would be a bed of conviction, that your Holy Spirit would bring conviction upon their lives, Lord God. And Father, that your Holy Spirit begin to whisper to them your love, that you begin to whisper true to them, that you begin to whisper to them, Lord God, that they are not born this way, or they are not this way, that you have never intended this for them, and you have something greater for them. And Father, I ask that you open their eyes even now. Father, your word says, who will stand in the gap? And Father, we say we will stand in the gap for our cities and for our families, Lord God. We ask for righteousness to rain down even now, Lord God. I ask for those, Lord God, who have been abused, Lord God, sexually abused, Lord God, and have turned to homosexuality to numb that out. Father, I ask now that you would set them free, Father God. Father, I ask that you would bind up their wounds even now, Lord God, that you would touch their hearts, Father. Father, that you would wake them up, Lord God. I ask, Lord God, for Christians that are, who, who are who are Christians and who are caught in homosexuality. Father, I ask that you wake them up. Holy Spirit, wake them up. Wake them up from their sleep. Wake them up from their slumber. Wake them up from their confusion. Father, lift them out even now, Lord God, and bring the knowledge of Jesus Christ to rest heavily upon Hallelujah. their hearts, Lord God. And, Father, bring them into the truth, Lord God, that will set them free. Jesus. Glory. If you know somebody today right now that needs to have a miracle, an encounter with God, whether they're gay or lesbian, it doesn't matter. Just pray for them right now. Maybe write their name on the chat line and we'll pray for them. Father God, we just lift up to you everyone that we know that needs you, Father God. I pray for Ryan, God, a young man that I met at Belmont and Clark. Lord, I pray you bring him to you, Lord. God, I pray you show them your love. God, so true what Angie has said. So many of them are dealing with emotional pains that lead them into that lifestyle, and they themselves are not happy. Father God, I just pray you'll be with them today, God. And Lord, our friends and our family, God, that just may not know you because they're buying into the system of this world into some other sin, whether it's anger, greed, selfishness, idolatry. Oh Lord, I pray that your word will penetrate their hearts, that God, you will show them that you are a God of love and forgiveness and of second and third and fourth chances. That you can save them, O God. That, Lord, when you died on the cross, Jesus, when you came, you came for them. 
And Lord, I pray that you will help us as Christians, as believers, as disciples, to go out and preach to them, to share with them your word. God, get us out of our four walls. Get us out of the church. I pray you bring us out, God, to the gay and lesbian community, to Belmont and Clark here in Chicago. God, to our co-worker, to our cousin, God, to our friend, our family, our neighbor. God, help us to get out there and share your word like the way you did. You shared it with love and compassion. You said to the woman caught in adultery, I forgive you. You're forgiven. Go and sin no more. Lord, I pray that that message of salvation, of forgiveness, redemption, will come back to this society. I pray that they'll see us as the church as more than just hate mongers, sign holders and picketers. But God, they'll see us as you have called us to be the light into this world and that they'll find you, God. Use your preachers use your church members god use just this city god use the nation god to raise up and be a holy nation for you believers unified in faith in jesus name hallelujah amen we just thank god for you tonight we can't uh, force our beliefs on you and we can't make you see it our way but what we can do is share with you the way we see it and uh, Angie, you did a wonderful job. I would definitely like to have you back on. So many subjects tonight we didn't even get it, get to cover. Uh, man, just a wonderful, wonderful testimony. I love you so much. Would you just uh, close out tonight just telling us what your future holds now? I mean, talk about your ministry. Talk about your engagement. Just tell everybody here uh, just what God is going to do now. We've heard where you've come from. Just talk about where you're going now and some of the ministries you're starting. And also, please put up your website so that we can reference you and, and, and come and get your videos. Angie has a video of her testimony. It's very useful if you want to give it to those uh, struggling in this or just to someone who is working with uh, the gay and lesbian community. Go ahead and just close us out, Angie, with what God is doing through you. We're so happy for you. Well, God is God is so awesome, and I'm just so grateful for what He has done in my life. And I know He wants to transform so many of my lives, and He wants to set people free. That is really God's heart, and that's got my heart. It's to see Christians set free, even even those who are in the church. My heart is to wake up the church on this issue. It's we desperately need to be awake. We have been too we have been we've been asleep too long on this subject, and we've almost passed the hour. Of, of responding to this, and we are in the last hour where we need to respond to this. So my heart really is to equip people to walk in their freedom, to know they can be set free, and to wake up the church and equip the church, especially the pastors, to deal with this subject and, and, and to know how to minister to homosexuals, minister to those coming out, because I believe that, that thousands will want to come out um, during these last days, um, many will be drugged, drugged away in this, but many will want to come out. So it's really we need to do a lot of equipping in the church. I have a ministry called Live Ministry. Um, I don't have stuff up on my webpage right now. I had to take it down to reconstruct some things. But you can get a hold of me on my um, email address. Go ahead and email me. And the Lord, um, I have been free for seven years from homosexuality. I'll be free for the rest of my life. And a wonderful man has come into my life. He's from Africa. He's a very godly man. Um, and we are getting married on Pentecost Sunday, May 11th. 
So I'm excited to see what the Lord has in store for us as we start begin to minister um, with one another. And God has called me into a season right now, to be quite honest with you, Pastor Joe, of, of the secret place where I've been interceding for three or four hours a day and just really in the Word and really interceding for the nation and also for my city on this subject. So that's where I'm at right now. And I know God has a lot of ministry stuff for me, a lot of preaching coming along, but I'm just really solidifying, you know, my heart right now before the Lord. Amen. We just thank you for being here. Uh, Christian Hillbilly, why don't you just sum up our time together? Uh, we'll have Pastor Troy then give his final words, but uh, why don't we just... Um, Man, just to sum up our time here, Christian Hillbilly. Man, you're my buddy. You come out here. I know uh, Raven Team has theirs before our show comes on, but pa- uh, Christian Hillbilly, I always want to call you Pastor Christian Hillbilly. Brother, we- we've been through a lot of discussions together, man, and I just love you. Today's show, of course, uh, they, they focused more, uh, the atheists focused more on my uh, extreme point of view and totally missed our whole other point. But, uh, Christian Hillbilly, I love how you sum up things and you make it so simple. And uh, you're not a hillbilly in the sense of what people think ignorant people are as hillbillies, but you're just down to earth. So, brother, just give us your final words on what God is saying to the homosexual community. What is God wanting to do in their lives? Well, i, I got to thank Miss Angie for uh, her testimony. Because if there's one thing that I've gotten through uh, everything that she said, every prayer that she's she's mouthed this evening, that if there's one word that I could sum everything up in, and that would be hope, that there is hope for a better life, that there is hope that you can be healed from whatever the sin is. And, and uh, as Brother Raven was talking about, you know, uh, different people have different sins and, and whatever happens to manifest in your life. But that sin of homosexuality, don't believe the lie that it is permanent, that it's that you were born that way. You know, we're all born sinners, just like Brother Raven said. I, I do uh, thoroughly agree with that. But I think that more and more our culture tries to make us believe that, hey, if that's the way you are, if that's the way you're born, go with it. And you know what? I really thank you, Miss Angie, for your your testimony. Uh, it has really touched me, and, and I know it's probably touched uh, everybody else in this room. So God bless you, ma'am, and I wish you the thank best. You. And I look forward thank to you. for you to be back in the room with us again. Awesome. Yes, thank you so much. Amen. And, yeah, we definitely want to get you back, man. You've been so awesome. And what I would love to do is uh, try to get one of these uh, pastors who are lesbian or gay to come and get a dialogue, and we'll just kind of sit back and uh, mediate. Would you be up for something like that, Angie, if I can set that up? Absolutely. Beautiful. Do you see uh, any dialogue going on? or Are they kind of resistant towards you? Because I know when I was trying to really be kind to this lesbian pastor and really just sit down and dialogue, once she knew that I knew some facts and I had some things to back up what I was going to say, she really wanted nothing to do with me. I can only imagine with yourself, are you being resisted by the clergy and the gay community, or, or do you have dialogues with them? How is it working specifically with you in that area? I am pretty much shut out. Um, I try to dialogue just like you. They don't have anything to do with me, and they won't talk to me. I go to rallies that where I hang up a sign that says change is possible, and I, I get very in-your-face confrontation from a lot of homosexuals, a lot of them being clergy people. So they are um, have a lot of anger towards me, but, you know, I just love them and, you know, pray that God would, would open their eyes to what they're doing. 
Amen. Isn't that something? Everybody listening to me, I see a lot of people from our church here, Belly Boo, what's going on, and Gilbert and Joshua, etc. Isn't that something, Jeffrey and others here? When you hear this, it's not like there's just two sides of the of the argument here that really have good points. No, it's really one that is trying to come out of the closet and push the other one in the closet. I mean, that's really what's happening right now. I mean, really, it's not like homosexual... Uh, agenda is really saying, hey, let's try to understand what Angie is saying. Let's try to understand what other doctors are saying about our condition. No, it's either you believe our way or shut up and don't even talk to me. Now, if you've been, if, if you're listening to us and you've been treated that way by Christians, we are so sorry. The only people I boot out of this room are the ones that keep name calling and continually, uh, uh, you know, being gross and uh, vulgar. But literally, we as Christians go out to engage other people. Like, I go out to Belmont and Clark, the gay community, and engage them and give them free hot chocolate every Saturday night that I may communicate with them and Raven Ministries, etc. And Angie going out there, and it's not even just saying, like, I'm going out there to change you and argue with you. It's literally going out there saying, I want to understand you. I want to hear what you're saying. And and a lot of people just uh, don't want to hear it. So I hope that those of you can understand the best thing that we can do in, in this last hour is love, is just love them. Show them that we care. Show them that we want to listen to them. I remember being out there a couple of weeks ago with a missionary from Africa, and one of the gay gentlemen listened to our, our message and everything, and he said, I think you're the nicest Christian I've ever met. And I said, man, that's so nice. And I said, isn't it something how I can tell you the gospel message that if you continue in this sin, you're going to hell, and yet there's salvation through Christ, and you can still call me a nice guy. We disagreed. We had issues. But you can still call me a nice guy. And I think that's what needs to be said of Christians. Raven, uh, go ahead and tell us what you think. I know you've been dealing with um, just all types of unbelievers and non-Christians for many, many years. We love them all. I know you love them. What do you think is the answer for the gay community? There's so many of them, brother. What's the answer? Well, specifically, it's Jesus. I, I, want to, I want to give a shout-out to Angie. That was just tremendous testimony and Appreciate you so much. Appreciate your heart and just the, the testimony of Jesus in you. And yeah, I'd love to have her. I'd love to hear uh, her on here again talking with uh, homosexual pastors. That would be an awesome debate to to be a fly on the wall and be a participant in. But you know, as I think about her testimony, you know, I think about people that we've seen over the years. I think about Perry, who we plucked off the streets and now living in New Orleans. Uh, excuse me, New York. And uh, he was in homosexuality. We found when we found him, he was just about dead, almost completely emaciated, giving himself over to the lifestyle, led to drug use and whatnot. Uh, actually, he was in the hospital, giving up for dead for months and months, and we sat over him. But Perry's alive today, free. He's gotten married. I think about Joe, somebody else we plucked off the streets in Texas. Uh, Joe is now married and uh, heading up one of our ministries in Oklahoma. Uh, Jules. A uh, young homosexual kid in uh, New Orleans came to Jesus. Now he does street ministry. He's set free from that lifestyle. Alan, same thing. We plucked him off the streets. Alan uh, was 44 years old and had been bound by homosexuality. Now he lives in Connecticut, set free. I think about Brenda and Diane, who work uh, with our ministry in Indiana. And, and so I see, I know testimony after testimony of lives that are changed. And so when people say you can't change, uh, I beg to differ because I've seen it too many times with the gospel being preached and lives being changed and transformed. I think about, uh, Pastor Joe, you probably remember uh, the worship leader, Dennis Jernigan. Same thing. Tremendous man of God now. Raised up in homosexuality, set free, been married, done much worship. But the answer is Jesus. 
And there's testimonies like Angie's and Perry's and Joe and Jules and Alan and Brenda and Diane. The list goes on. People that just dared to believe that the gospel could change their life right where they were. Amen, amen, amen. God is so good. Uh, I'm just going to welcome everybody uh, to come back uh, next Tuesday at same time, same place, 9 o'clock. And uh, if uh, Angie wants to come on and just be one of our guests, you can be here as often as you'd like. So anytime you want to get on, Angie, just uh, email me and uh, we'll get you on. It doesn't always have to just be about gay and lesbian issues. Of course, you have a word to uh, give to uh, America and everybody else listening. So, of course, we'll have you on to help us preach. And, uh, man, it's just good to see everybody here. Remember that we love you and that uh, if this was your first time, as it was for uh, Armadillos, we love you. All the, uh, the others that have been with us for throughout our year being on. Thank you guys for joining with us. And just keep praying for us. Keep praying for America. Just keep going out there and doing something great for God. And if you have more questions, email me, email uh, Angie. Get involved in a good church and just get out there and start preaching and living holy for God and start showing the world that there's another answer. There is another solution, and it is Jesus Christ, and He is on time every time. So this is me signing off saying God bless and good night, and we will see you guys later. So, Angie, Thank you for coming on by, and to those of you who didn't listen to the whole show, it will be on the website. So God bless you, Angie, and uh, Pastor Troy, thanks for coming by tonight.